Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hey, parents, welcome to the Crazy Cool Family podcast, still in coronavirus world. Hopefully wrapping it up a little bit, right? Yes, it's a little (laughs) bit maybe less restrictive now than it was. uh, 25% more unrestrictive. (laughs) That's right. So we want to talk today and really over the next couple of weeks about marriage. Yeah, I've just been wondering, how's your marriage? How has your marriage been during this coronavirus season, during this quarantine season as all the different dynamics have changed and working from home and kids are at home? And and so we've been wondering about that. And so we want to share with you kind of what we've done. I was just wondering, done. like... Like, what's it like when you spend more time together? Is that good for your marriage or is it not so good for your marriage? Yeah, exactly. You and know, I, we've and all I would been say spending, yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would you know, say yes. It has been good and it has not been good. All in the same. And Suzanne and I really want to, um, this is a subject that we can really be vulnerable with because, um, you know, we've had our ups and downs with me. I mean, I would say, you know, and, and Suzanne, you come in on this too. We, we've never had really a major crisis in our marriage, but also we've always say that we're better parents than we are a married couple. Wouldn't you say that? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that there's lots of reasons, but I think that one of them, and it's a lot easier to mold and shape a little person who doesn't really know anything versus an, an, a full grown adult person <laughs> who has their own ideas and agenda and who's already been raised and molded and shaped. So one of the things we've done in the last year, or so is that we've got involved with a marriage coach, a, a, a couple actually. And uh, so what we want to do in this podcast is not only talk about the coronavirus and improving, you know, what's going on with your marriage during this time, but also hopefully you'll learn some things that we've been working on just in the last several months or so that you can put in your young marriage. You know, we've been married almost 30 years and we're but just as, as maybe hope of where you are. We're still working on stuff and we still are exploring our marriage, but hopefully we can give you some things that you can work on now in your marriage, even with little kids and things like that. Cause the things we're going to talk about are things that you can work on anytime at any, whatever level of marriage you're at. Oh, for sure. And we say all the time when we talk about parenting or anything else that we're talking about, learn from our mistakes and implement what we've learned 30 years down the road now in your five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old marriage. Learn what we're doing right now at 30 years. Bypass those 20 years of learning and use our experience on what we've gained and what we've looked up and we've seen. I mean, like one of the things I feel like that's happened with us is that we were very child focused when it came to seven children. I mean, going 100 miles an hour, going in 10 different directions, it felt like. And so we use the ploy of divide and conquer. And so we spent, I would say, a couple decades of our marriage doing the kids stuff. And so that's one of the reasons that we hired the coach, you know, almost 30 years later is because we looked up and we're like, okay, wait a minute, who are you again? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and what do you like? And, and what, and what am I, what do I like? And, and honestly, what, when we were married in 1991, we are very different people now in 2020. 
and in in a good way in many ways because oh, we've sure. matured in our faith. Um, now I, I want to put in a quick plug for our coaches, uh, David and Kanye Wright. We met them through a friend, and um, they've just been wonderful. They've uh, worked with us uh, for months now, and. Uh, very system, a bit really put up with us is what I would say Definitely. in so many ways. Yes, they have a website, Mr. and Mrs. Wright, and it's, it's W R I G H T. Yes. Isn't yeah. that clever? So, uh, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. W R I G H T. If you want to go see them, and and uh, uh, just a, they're such a gracious couple, and they have. Uh, just ministered to us and taught us so many things. Some of those things we're going to go over today. Well, and what's cool about them as well is that they are also in a ministry and they're running a ministry and they worked for a ministry for a long time. And so they get our ministry stuff. They get our crazy cool family and our heart and our desire for family. And that's what they have. They have a heart and a desire for that marriage relationship. But I know for Suzanne, I mean, even pre-coronavirus, uh, so we, um, a couple of years ago, started to work on the Crazy Cool Family Ministry that we have today. And and we were also in a season where we were starting to not have as many kids. I mean, it's so funny. We we have two or three kids at home and we're like, oh my goodness, this is easy because it used to be seven. And people are like, hey, you still got three kids at home. You know, we have three and it's, a, I know, but it's just different worlds. But we started to work in ministry together and I changed my schedule. And so I started to come home. And so this was, like I said, pre-coronavirus couple years ago and all of a sudden we started going we were working with each other going hey we gotta learn how to do this because <laughs> this is hard <laughs> i'm really hard to work with when i work with you <laughs> yeah, exactly and so we started to um so we've been working on some things for a while in our marriage and um a, a few things that just you know there's three things we're going to talk about today that we want to go over with you and so we just want to kind of talk about marriage in general but also mm-hmm. you know my point to that is is that I bet you're entering a season where you're starting to spend more time together with your spouse. Well, hey, that can go one direction or it can go the other direction. And what are we going to do to make it go the right direction? Um, No pun intended for Mr. and Mrs. Wright. (laughs) But what what are we going to do to make it go the right direction and so that your marriage grows in this season rather than, uh, you know, starts to fall apart more as you start to spend more time together? And and one of those is is just um, keeping God central. You know, that, that is something that is so critical. And even before, you know, it's not like we had a bad marriage before, but I think one of the things we've always done is kept God central in our marriage. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, well, we, Don and I came to the table and had pretty similar marriage beliefs. I mean, we are not married, well, marriage too, but God beliefs, faith beliefs. We, we, um, started going to church together when we started dating and then we, um, joined the church and then we helped build Valley Creek church together. And yeah. so we've been in, we've literally been at the same church for our whole marriage. Yes. Yes. And so we, we are, we do have a, the, there is a common ground between us when it does come to God being central. Um, but there is a difference as well, because like for me, I really lean toward faith. I mean, I, I blindly believe I have the gift of faith. And so sometimes I will, I don't know if it stress you out, Dom, but sometimes I'll be like, just believe we can yeah. do this. It's going to be great. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit more like Thomas. You know, I, you know, I would been, I would have been the disciple that said, I want to see it and I want to feel it. And then I can, but once I believe I'm going to believe really strongly and I'm going to not waver because, but I want to know, you know, I spent the first, um, probably couple of years of our marriage, you know, just all of a sudden it's like, Oh my goodness, I have to lead a family. Mm. And what am I going to, and what do I believe? And what is it, you know, it just challenged everything. And so I I have, you know, I've always been a, a student of, 
you know, apologetics and things like that, but especially the first like decade of my marriage. So, you know, but, but still we've, we've always been grounded in the same faith. And even though we may have come at it different ways. Well, and so how I say it is that, that Don comes at it with truth. I mean, and he can quote a scripture and he knows where it is and where to find it. And, and to me, those numbers and those verses, they just get in the way, they get in the way of the story. (laughs) And so I can totally quote the verse. It might not be word for word, but you get the gist of it. And you know, God and Jesus is in there. And so that, and so we actually, with that, if, while it feels like it's polar opposites, it actually is God's perfect way to match us together because sometimes I'll kind of get crazy out there with my faith and Donald ground me with his truth. And so it, it is, it has been a compliment. Oh, I, I always, I think of it like as truth and spirit. And I know that mm. the, the first, um, I think what's, it's really kind of been interesting that the first, you know, 10, 15 years of our marriage, I was very truth focused. And then God started enlightening me more towards the spirit and the faith realm it's probably flipped for Suzanne a little bit that she was much more spirit focused at first and now has, has really, you know, like when she uh, sees something, when you see something, you will study it more and you will start to have more of a, a grounding and things. And you you read more books now than you and, and things you did like that. did when I had seven small children. Yes, for sure. exactly. And so, so I think but for me in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit's by far my favorite. Like right. I love God, the creator, and I love Jesus and his salvation, but the Holy spirit is our counselor. He's our helper. He's our friend. Yeah. And so that would, that would definitely, that was definitely the, um, the one that I had the best relationship with. And so we, I, we just believe parents, uh, let's shift to you parents for a minute that you got to keep God central in your marriage. And so if that's not happening, uh, and then how is it going to happen? You know, we noticed, for example, Suzanne and I did that, and it was challenged by our coaches to say, are you keeping God central in our marriage? Well, and so one of the ways we were doing that is we were going to church, I mean, right. we, and we were involved in our church. So we did keep God central that way. And we kept our, our kids involved in church and church was a very central part of our lives. And we talked about God on a regular basis in our family, in our life. Right. And I think, but what I was going to say is that one of the things that we've done recently is really started to pray together much more intentionally. Uh, that was not something that we had just letting it fall off over time. And, you know, just well, honestly, I don't know that we ever really built a habit of it. I don't re- look back. I don't know that we, I mean, I, we might've in the beginning, but I don't know if it was nursing seven babies over two decades, you know, that made us not go to sleep together. Or, or I don't know what the d- dynamic was that went in there. But when we looked up almost 30 years later, we realized we hadn't prayed before we'd gone to sleep for a long time. Yeah. And that's one of the things parents, uh, or not, yeah, parents and, and mar- married couples, <laughs> that uh, one of the things we have done that I think- You married the, people out there. I tell my, you know, I have a men's group and I tell my guys this all the time, go to bed with your wife. Mm-hmm. And 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 they like well sometimes this and I'm like, you know, I, you can make excuses, you can do a lot of things. Go to bed with your wife and and wives go to bed with your husbands because um, you know we have done that for years and I really think it's been something that's uh, been just a hallmark of our marriage. That and, and again it doesn't have. To oh, be- and I even remember when we drew the line in the sand and we said we would do that. It was our first year of marriage, and Don had been in the habit of as a single guy falling asleep in his recliner at yeah. night, and that's what he knew. It's what he did. And I, on the other hand, had a 
one year old, two year old. And so I was, I mean, and so for there was a season there when it newly married, so we weren't going to bed together. And I just remember, I thought the revelation hit us and we're like, I can't sleep with the two year old anymore. I can't sleep in the room. And you said, I can't sleep in the recliner recliner. And we decided at that point we would go to bed together. And we've done it for years and it's just something to really, uh, really make focus on. Yeah. And, and then, and to pray with each other as you're going to sleep and just, and, you know, being involved in the church, you know, even right now, it's hard. Get your family together. And, and we've been a little bit, you know, up and down with this. But, you know, get your family together and watch church online. Uh, you know, dads. At least your spouse. I mean, at least your spouse. And so we we, we heard the other night from a, little, um, a mom who's got four little kids. And she said, church is impossible. And so, I mean, they don't. And so put your kids to bed and watch church together because you are building that marriage relationship. And that is so valuable. So what are you going to do to keep God central in your marriage yeah. during the coronavirus? Another thing that we want to talk about today is just effective communication. And oh, wow, we have really, through our coaches and just through the last, even before that, we've really been working on our communication, our marriage. It's so, I've always felt like Don and I speak two different languages. And I, and, and I think it's a lot because I'm a feeler. And I'm a thinker, and 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 she feels like that because it's true. She speaks German, and I speak, you know. Well, I speak feelings, and you speak logic. I mean, and that's literally what it is. And so it's so I put I filter everything through the lens of how I feel and the emotions of it. But it's literally one of the things our coaches told us. I thought was just so fascinating is that it literally is trying to think about what if somebody came in and all you could speak was Spanish. And, and how that would be awkward at first as you tried to speak it. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, but you guys have been married for so long. Well, we learned to speak a certain language, and then now we're going deeper. And as we go deeper, we, we you know, because what happens is, okay, a little, bit of, a little bit of training here. Parents, you, you'll tend to, as you grow older, you'll tend to compartmentalize things. And there will be areas that you won't go there because you know when you go there, you're going to get in trouble or it's going to cause a fight or whatever. And so, and that's why some marriages, the parents become like roommates. Right. But um, Siloed is what yes. our coaches call it. You're living in two silos. And we've been doing that, I mean, for a while because we, like you said, we well, compartmentalized and, it and it was easier not to stir up a ruckus than it was to just live because we were polite enough and kind enough. We didn't yell and scream at each other. We're never mean to each other. But it wasn't where we were you know not roommates in the classic sense of where we we were still connected it's it's I just want to make sure that you understand parents it's at different levels and so you know some parents really are just roommates they're existing and they don't have anything to do with each other we weren't like that we were just we were friends and we got along and we talked about it and Mm -hmm. we had fun together but but we just weren't going any deeper and so uh, we just decided that we wanted more and and that's what we've done and so it's been so fun it's it's been fun and it's been hard all at the same time. It's quite sure. the challenge but to go deeper into that thinking, feeling uh, relationship. And I don't know where you guys are in your marriage, but, um, you know, just to be able to assess what is it and, and, and to start listening and being able to ask questions and communicate with your spouse. And so that's part of that's what I was going to say. Part of effective communication is to listen 
and to try to understand and to pay attention. And one of the things that we learned is to not assume. They call it assume aside. You know, don't assume that you know what the other person's thinking and don't assign alternative motives to them. And don't, if you've got a track running in your head that your spouse is against you, then change that track to your spouse is for you because they are. I mean, they are. That is the one point that we that we were like, I agree, Don is for me. It means he's always for me, even though I might not feel like it or I might not think it. He actually, the truth is he is for me. I think so many times in good Christian marriages, that is such a big fallacy that happens that the husbands, in my case, I see a lot of husbands because I'm talking to a lot of guys that are going, man, I'm really trying to love my wife. I'm trying to do the right things, but it seems like that when I do things, she twists it into something else that it's not. Interprets it and, and misinterprets that it. Misinterprets it and, and, and assumes the worst in many ways. And, and, and then, Suzanne, I think you hear wives, the same thing. My well, and I do that. Me. I mean, so husbands and wives put them aside. Don and Suzanne, I would do that because I would need you to say, Suzanne, how do you feel about that? And I, I mean, and Don's been doing that and it's, it's literally revolutionized how we communicate with each other because he would say something that I would misinterpret that, oh, he doesn't care when it wasn't, he doesn't care. He would say, how do you think about, what do you think about that? Or sometimes I wouldn't, I don't notice things and, and you know, and so therefore <laughs> yeah, but that's you, but I mean, but yeah, but exactly. But, but it would hurt your feelings because if I, you, I wouldn't notice you. And now like, so, like I would go get a haircut in my hair color and I would walk in and all seven of the children would notice it but Don would go days and days without noticing oh it. the girls started telling me the girls would be like mom I'm dead mom got a haircut dad compliment mom notice, notice yeah. your wife notice your wife yeah. and and you know and so many things are you know it's good in a way because I don't notice because he also doesn't is. notice the dishes in the sink and he doesn't notice the gray hairs in amongst the not the haircut and the yeah. yeah I agree it's a good thing but learning to speak your spouse's language is I mean and what better time to practice it right now yeah when you're 24 hours, seven days a week together. Yes. And I mean, and you know, it's a crash course in learning their language and, and understanding it. Yeah. And so we've been really, um, we've been really working hard at that over the last, uh, like I said, several months, couple of years. And, and, um, and you know what? Another thing I'll tell you, uh, parents, is be the one who's going to try. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know where you are, but I know that I felt like sometimes that I've started to try. And Suzanne was not ready to try. Mm -hmm. And, and so, but God put it on my heart to say, start trying. And it, and then, it, and at that point you feel like, oh my goodness, I'm trying and she's not well. Okay. So that can lead to bitterness, but that's where you go back to your connection with God. Because, uh, and I can tell you that, you know, as you try things, sometimes you're going to get hurt because you're going to try things and then they're not going to be it's not going to feel like they're trying back sometimes. Well, guess who gets to heal that? God gets to heal it. You know, you can't rely on your spouse to be her approval or, or his approval or whatever. It's got to be come from God. And so as you try things, parents, when you're trying for that effective communication, just realize, you know, there's going to be some stumbles. You know, it's, it, it is like learn how to speak a new language. And then coming from the, you know, the other side of that, 
if Don hadn't tried, if he hadn't pursued me, he, if he hadn't gone after me, then I think our marriage would be in a very different place than it is right now because I had become very apathetic about it. And it was just like, okay, whatever. And so if he hadn't gone the extra mile um, to bridge the gap that had been built between us um, for all the different reasons, whether it was the offenses or the distance or the kids or the, you know, middle-aged crisis, whatever it was that, that created that gap, if he hadn't come the extra mile I mean maybe I would have come the extra mile two days two years three years later I don't I don't really know and so that's great advice to go the extra mile be the spouse and I'm talking to the wives you be the one and Don's talking to the husbands you be the one and do what you can to meet in the middle it was either pursue my wife or go get a red Corvette you know one of the two you know I was like trying to make the call the red Corvette because four of your children were still in college (laughs) yeah so I was going to get a used red Corvette I was going to get a really used one but no you know really um I remember thinking a few years ago, you know, hey, is this what I want my marriage to be like for the next 30 years? And so for us, we were never going to get a divorce. Like that was right. not, we, that, I mean, we, we had made that vow long ago, but I do think we had settled in a, a routine, a lackadaisical yeah. relationship. And so, you know, um, which leads kind of to the last point we're going to talk about is prioritizing each other um, is... I would say we're terrible at this. Um, and I, I mean, and I would, I mean, I, I blame it on having a lot of kids. I mean, I really do. Like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, I just think that we got caught up in it. We actually started our marriage as parents. And so we didn't really even get to build that marriage relationship. We started parenting from ground zero. And one year into our marriage, we started having kids. Madeline, 18 months later, Macy, 12, 20 months later, Mackenzie, 22 months later, Michael. I mean, it was just every year, year and a half, two years, we added kids. And so we were running the race of parenting. And I think that our marriage just got well, ignored and some people a little may not, bit. Some people, some people may not know our story. So, uh, you know, when we got married, uh, Molly, our oldest daughter, was two years old, and Suzanne had brought Molly to the marriage, and uh, and so therefore we started with we never were married just without kids, and so we've had kids for our whole marriage really, and then we had like I said we had babies really quick, but but it was, um, but even that I mean we're also very and, and I want to say this to encourage parents because we have a good marriage and, right. and it's getting better, but yet. We are very different people. I mean, we have different interests. Well, and we're very independent as well. I mean, and so we're both the baby of the family. We're used to getting what we want. We're used to playing by ourselves. We don't really need anybody to entertain us or play with us. And so Don said we have very different interests, and we don't really care if the other person is interested in what we're interested in or not. And and so that's when I think one of the ways that we started siloing ourselves is I think part of it was because we had uh, 20 years of always being needed as a parent. And so we looked up and all of a sudden we had some free time and we're like, oh, Don's like, I'm going to go work out and I'm going to be, I'm going to read a book. I haven't read a book in 20 years. Yeah, and right. so we started doing our own independent thing. But it doesn't, it's not beneficial. I mean, God said the two become one flesh and yeah. he did it for a reason, you know, that he wants that that intimacy and and hopefully and you may be saying yes I can relate I have small children this is hard you know I mean we've got but you know what we're telling you is is prioritize fight for each other and and so some of the practical things is we've started you know barely doing is going on a walk yep um, but I would even say and you know going back to when we were married and in 
you know, things that stabilize. We did make time on our anniversary, for example, we would go out. I mean, we made time for each other. We would do date nights and, you know, so. Uh, and those were survival to get yeah. away from the children <laughs> and to look up. And so even in those younger years where I feel like you guys are right now, y'all are on the same team. And I feel like that that's what we were. We were a team. It was Don and Suzanne against the seven children, you know, and that's what it felt like was happening. And so that's where you parents are. You, you, we needed each other. We would climb in bed at night and we would talk about the kids and this and that, and that was our common bond. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so if parents is that, if that's your common bond, that is great. And what we're just encouraging you to do is to look at each other also person to person and see the valuable wife or husband that you married and the qualities and the characteristics that they have and see those and talk about those and encourage those and value those. And I think one of the things I would recommend to parents is, is to sacrifice your preferences is to go and do things that your spouse wants to do. Like Suzanne's a homebody. I like to go adventure, you know, so she started to, I bought hiking boots. I haven't (laughs) worn them yet, but I bought them. (laughs) Yes. and, and, And so she, I get her outdoors every once in a while, you know, um, and, and, you know, uh, she would rather, you know, stay home, and watch a movie. Well, any popcorn and milk duds. Yes. And <laughs> it's usually a movie that I wouldn't watch. I, I wouldn't I keep choose. On, can we watch something not intense? Can we watch something funny? Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> no, yeah, because there's nothing out there. Yes. But uh, whatever it is that you're, uh, you know, um, yeah. the uh, just this weekend, um, sh- she was very, um talking a lot about wanting to do some yard work. And so we did it. And and it was, uh, and it, again, and it was great because Don did everything I asked him to do. And then he suggested some things that I hadn't even thought of. And so it was like a win-win, but you know, it was, uh, I, she had a vision for the front flower bed and I was like, yeah, go for it. Let's say, but just joining and he was the muscle joining her in her stuff or, you know, she joining me in my stuff. And it just makes you feel wanted. It makes you feel mm-hmm. uh, loved. It, it, and, um, it just improves the relationship. So, uh, you know, you, another thing we've talked about a lot in, in is reading things together, uh, just digesting stuff together that helps you to, to be on the same page about parenting, about marriage, things like that. Um, and then with that too, just prioritizing each other, also prioritizing the marriage relationship and investing in that. And so in our early years, we would go on a marriage conference or we would go to a, we would do a Bible study on marriage. And so I just encourage you to do that. There's all sorts of podcasts out there now on marriage and all sorts of books on marriage. We've got a a book coming from um, Focus on the Family called Reconnected that we're going to work through. And they've got a Cherish series. And so um, anyway, just prioritizing that relationship of itself, because sometimes I feel like that marriage relationship, because it is two adults that are mature and they can feed themselves and take care of themselves, it almost gets neglected because you've got all those other relationships with the small, very dependent children. And that's where all the energy goes. And so we just encourage you to focus and pay attention, prioritize that marriage relationship. Because as we wrap up here, um, if you look at our Crazy Cool Family dashboard, you see that Marriage is right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And marriage is a foundational relationship in the family. Now, you may be a single parent or you may have a marriage that's on the rocks or whatever. And so, you know, crazy cool families can certainly survive bad marriages, but or lack of marriage, a single parent so they can all survive that. But if you are married and if you are two believers, then, you know, let's not neglect that relationship because right. it really is foundational. Genesis 2.24 said, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one 
flesh. Isn't it crazy that it says one flesh? It doesn't say one soul, one spirit, one mind. It says one flesh. And isn't that insane that the flesh is actually where we sin the most? I mean, that's the part where we ask for forgiveness. And so that's the place where we need to die to ourselves the most. And so it's no small thing that God gave us another person to join us in the flesh to help us be the the sinless people that we are self-sacrifice in marriage is the number one thing that we need to do to become one i just am i just jazzes me to think okay god he knew what he was doing when he gave us our spouse he knew what he was doing when he knit us together to in one flesh to help process our selfishness yeah philippians 2 says that in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so if that's a great example, you know, if you want you know, have a Philippians two marriage and say, Hey, I'm going to be like Jesus. And I'm going to, I'm going to look out for my spouse and I'm going to pursue this person. God wants you to be one flesh. He wants you to die to yourself and he wants you to um, pursue and love your spouse. It's a foundational relationship. Um, and, you're always going to be pursuing it. And no matter where you are in your marriage, hey, here's, I'll end with this. If you got two believers that want to pursue God, that marriage can work. And, and Suzanne and I are just living proof of that. We're two For very sure. different people, but our common bond is we love the Lord mm-hmm. and we have, um, and we love our kids. We love our family. And, and that has allowed us to, and we actually love each other. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and then yes. there's that, yeah. but it does come, you know, third down there after we love the Lord. Yeah. But I mean, we, <laughs> our flower beds, yeah. <laughs> our dog. And all. <laughs> you don't love me more. You don't love the dog. More oh, you're than me. way above the dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the, we, there's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your marriage in the coronavirus season. There's, uh, we are, you know, we're experiencing great hope in our marriage right now. And we want you to experience the same thing for sure. And no matter where you're at, um, hopefully you're in a good place, then go to a better place. And if you're at a bad place, then let's get to a good place and God's going to help you get there. So, um, man, uh, okay. I just don't feel like we can wrap up a marriage podcast without talking about, sex and so you at least just to close it up guys that is the number one way to bond i mean if all else fails do that have that be that i mean you can't right i can't possibly suzanne manning cannot do a marriage podcast and not mention sex right don true true that (laughs) can't do really much anything without mentioning sex (laughs) (laughs) and so you have to and so we've got all of our points there for you the um of course keeping god central communication prioritizing each other that's um, a sex thing prioritizing each other most definitely (laughs) yes most definitely Husbands, if your wife, if you want to have sex that night, then you let your wife sleep in that morning, you know, right. and you clean the kitchen for her and you do those do things. Do that yard work outside. Yeah, do that yard work, exactly. <laughs> All right, parents, uh, hopefully you get This something. is where it pops up. Go be crazy, right? right. Go be crazy, <laughs> yes. Go be crazy, marriage crazy. CrazyCoolFamily.com.